Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Oh, I thought you were clapping your hands. Why don't you clap your hands for Jesus? Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thanks a million for this blessed opportunity in your presence one more time. Speak to us in a way that we'll understand. Let all glory and honor be to you, Lord. We pray. Open the eyes of our understanding and let us behold wondrous things from your word. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. You may be seated. Wow, you are welcome to this morning's service. And I know that God has something fantastic for you. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Wonderful. Well, as you have been told already, we've been talking about types of a certain type of member, how to be a certain type of member of the church, which we call devoted members. Okay, so we are learning on how to be devoted members of the church. Amen. amen. And I said last week, and I pray that God will speak to every single person here this morning. Old, young, matured, not matured. Um, everybody, because God's word is above every single person. Amen. Amen. Bible says God's word is able to make the simple wise. Hallelujah. It's been tried through fire. Do you get it? It's gone through every possible circumstance or scenario and it has come out pure as gold. Do you get it? So God's word is still true. No matter how long you have been around, God's word can still advance your life. Amen. Wonderful. So I read from... Acts 2, 42, the Bible says they devoted themselves. That's where all this preaching is coming from. Those who got born again when Peter preached, Acts 2, those who got born again when Peter preached, the Bible says they devoted themselves steadfastly to the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. Hallelujah. And then it goes on and on. Many signs and wonders happened in the church. The Lord caused that church to grow. Amen. So we are believing God to be that type of church that is growing and there are signs and wonders in the church. Do you get it? Now to qualify for those types of blessings and breakthroughs in the house of the Lord, we have to be the type of members these guys were. Do you get it? Anytime you, you go, you see anything on television, they say terms and conditions apply, which means that there are certain terms and conditions you must fulfill to benefit from what they are offering you. Amen. The deal that has been Black Friday deal, 
special deal for you, then they say terms and conditions apply. So for this blessing to be in the church where there are miracles, signs, and wonders in the church, and the sweet fellowship, and they break bread from house to house and everything, it means that, that we must also fulfill the conditions here. And the condition here, the only thing that people did here was that they were devoted to teaching of the word of God, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Do you get it? So we, and this is church. This is what we do as a church. The word of God, prayer, breaking of bread, and fellowship. That's a church. So they were devoted to the church. And I said to be devoted to something means to be zealously attached to the thing. To be attached to the thing with so much zeal. Some of you are attached to Kaiser Chiefs with so much zeal. Hallelujah. Some of you are attached to food with so much zeal. Some of you are attached to Facebook with so much zeal. Some of you are attached to your phones with so much zeal. God is saying that be attached to my church also with that amount of zeal. Hallelujah. So God is not asking us for something that we don't know how to do. It's something we are already doing. Some of you are attached to makeup with so much zeal. So you know how to be attached to something. And God says, be attached to my church also that way. Say amen. Say another amen. Wonderful. So that's what we are looking at. We are looking at, it also means to like something so much. God is asking you to like his church so much. Amen. You like it so much that you can't even sleep. You just keep thinking about it. Those of you who claim you are falling in love before or almost falling in love before, you see how much you constantly think about the, the dude whilst he's not thinking about you. But you are thinking about him and it's driving you crazy. You can't sleep. When you sleep, you, I feel a little loud, so I can't shout. But when you sleep, when you sleep, he's asleep. But when you sleep, when you, are not, when you are not asleep, you are thinking about him. When you are asleep, you are dreaming about him. Hey! During the day, you are there dreaming about him. In the night, you are dreaming about him. My God! Hey! You are so excited. You just can't hide it. You are just about to lose control because you love it. God also is saying that be so excited about my church and lose control. Lose control. Yeah. When you are excited about the church, when you come to church, you will lose control. You will feel free. Some of you can't feel free even in the church because you are not excited about the church. When you come to it, you are so guarded. Your arms are folded. You are tight. You don't even want your makeup to move. But when you are excited, you will lose control. Yeah. May you become devoted. Sadder. When you come to church, you lose control in the presence of God. Yeah. You lose control. You, your excitement is so much that you lose control of yourself in the presence of the, church, of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
So we were looking at how, how. Today I don't want to talk about the stages because today I think only sheep have come. The goats didn't come today. Goatish tendencies disappeared last week. Now everybody is a sheep. I can, I can see it. Goats, you can't tell them what to do. You can't tell them to clap. You can't tell them to smile. You, when you are preaching, they are just looking at you. They don't even care about anything. But sheep, they flow with you. They go along with you. And I see you guys going along this morning. So we started to look at how. And we said, number one, to be devoted, to be a devoted member of the church, you have to decide. Decide to be a devoted member of the church. It's a decision you make. It's a decision you make. You decide. It doesn't happen to you. We don't lay hands on people and then they become devoted. If we could do it by laying on of hands, all I would do is I'll be standing at the gate. As you are coming, I just keep laying. Receive devotion. Receive devotion. Receive the power to be devoted. And everybody will be devoted in the church. But it's a decision you make. The things you like is a decision you have made. That's why you like them. The things you are excited about. There are people who, you are excited about Facebook. There are people who are not on social media at all. Based on a decision they have made. That I am not on social media. That's all. I, still, I just use SMS. And please calls. Hey, Pastor, are you sure? Uh, what do you do? Hollard, Hollard and all these, um, what's the name of Pastor Spar's funeral? I've Bob and things. Are they still not using SMS and things? That's, that's what they use. So you have to make a decision, Cindy. You have to make a decision that I am going to be devoted to this church. Amen. Amen. To this church. To this particular church. Or I am not going to be devoted. They will never be devoted. No matter how nice the pastor preaches. No matter how nice the praise and worship is. No matter how nice the soloist sings. You will never be devoted. Because you have made a decision. That oh no I don't want to be committed to this church. So when you see people who are not, not devoted. It's a decision they have made. Whether knowing or unknowingly. Hey, Pastor, but nobody will sit down and make a decision that I don't want to be devoted. De- not making a decision to be devoted is making a decision not to be devoted. <laughs> not making it. No, you see, it's like you have two choices. You can only choose one. If you don't choose this one, you have automatically choosi- chosen this one. It's like this one is a default setting. There's no middle ground. It's like if you don't choose Jesus, you have just chosen the devil. If you don't choose Jesus, automatically you have chosen the devil. Oh, Pastor, but me, I have not, I don't even know the devil. How do I? That's it. That's your default setting. That's our, since we fell in the Garden of Eden, our default setting is the devil. Factory setting, the devil. So to to unchoose the devil, we have to choose Jesus. Do do, do, do you understand what? Like right now, you, you are either inside the church or outside the church. How many of you are in between inside and outside? There's no in between. So you are either in or out. When you are in, you are in. And when you are out, you are out. But you can't be in between. There's no in between. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Like when we were young, somebody told us there's heaven, there's hell, then there's gangster's paradise. GP Houting. There's gangster's paradise. 
So there are people who will go to heaven and there are people who will go to hell. But there are some people, they don't qualify for heaven. Neither do they qualify for hell. So they will be in the middle and that place is called gangster's paradise. And that's where you are kept for some time for rehabilitation. Then if you don't, if you rehab, if you reform, then you are taken to heaven. If you don't reform, then you are taken to hell. There's nothing like that. As soon as you die, you appear before the judgment seat of God to answer for yourself whether you are going to heaven or you are going to hell. End of story. Yeah. And it's quick like that. Bible says, for it is appointed unto man once to die. Immediately you die. After that, the judgment. Boom. It's almost like they've set up the court already. They are for you. As soon as you, you we, we declare you dead here, judgment. Yeah. Number two. So decide to be a devoted. I have decided to be a devoted member of the church. That's what has kept me in the church all these years. That's why offenses, um, winter, summer. Or I said last week that it's children that offense kick them out of the church. Children. But when you are matured, you will know that. Jesus said, offenses will always come. So, wherever you go, wherever you, you are, offer, I mean, ask those who have left the church, whether where they have gone to, they've never been ended. Some are still even waiting for a pastor. Yeah, ask them and see. Where you go, you see that, ah, even my old pastor, even he offends me with a smile. This is my new pastor, he offends me with a frown. <laughs> This is my look. Recently, we were looking for my picture to use for something, and and my media people, uh, commanders they told you are always laughing. We want a picture that you are not laughing. You are you are just standing there, serious, <laughs> serious. All your pictures where we look at this one, you are laughing at somebody or you are laughing at yourself. Always laugh. We can't get there, so we have to take you to the studio. And let you have a serious look. Then we take the picture. Yeah, you are just throwing your hands around anywhere, anyhow. Yeah. Do, do, do you understand? So this is my old pastor. At least when he's, when he's offending me, he'll be laughing. This is my new pastor. He doesn't even laugh when he's offending. He's everywhere it's like that. Everywhere it's like that. Hallelujah. Number two, I said that. Say good things about your church. Say good things about your church. David said, I was glad, someone to, to, when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, when he was talking about the church, he said, I was happy when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. For our feet shall be within your gates. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is as a city built, built as a city compact together. Yeah, he was talking about the church. Yeah, a city compact together. He was talking about the church. Psalm 27, he was talking about the church. He said, look, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. says, when I came to church, that's only one thing I'm looking for. I'm looking for the beautiful things in the house of the Lord. That is what I'm looking for. So when I come to church, I don't have time to see things that are not working, things that are not good, things that, I mean, like, 
we are a church. It's a human church and it's a growing church. By all means, we have things that are not, are not, are not correct. And just like you also have things that are not correct in your house. If you didn't have, you will not go shopping. Because you are always going shopping to change something that you are not happy with in your house. The church is also like that. We are also always going shopping to improve the things in the house. Yeah, so it's a work in progress. So you don't come to church, you say, ah, this banner, why is it leaning this way? This, this, eventually we'll fix all of it. Eventually. Why is the sound up or down? Eventually we'll work on it. And if you are a sound expert, come and help us. Come and help us. Come and say, Pastor, I, ha- I know things about sound. Let me help with something. And make it better. After all, the church is for all of us. It's not for the pastor. I mean, I've written a will. In my will, the church is not inside. I've not written. And when I die, thou shalt give the church, the one side of the church, my son, and the other side of the church to my other son. No. The church for all of us. So whatever you think you can do to make the church better, come and do it. Oh, Pastor, the way the girl was singing, I didn't like it. I saw, if you're a singer, come. If you're singing as well, you know how to sing, you sang for joyous celebration. Rebecca Malupe, just come and tell us that, listen, I used to be a backer for Benjamin Dubé. I can sing very well. Please, I am here. Use me. Who we'll use you? Why not? It will use you if it will make it better. And sometimes when it's because you have not tried, that's why you think it's that easy. That's why you think it's that easy. Yeah. Did you sing someone to today? Okay. Even the words alone, you will forget right now. Do you understand? It's not easy. So before you criticize something. Take your time a little. Tell your neighbor, take your time a little, okay? Sometimes, sometimes the people are just doing their best. And if you were to try it, that's where you will be surprised. That even the song that we are singing, you have to sing it in English. Not Zulu. Not that you are singing English words in Zulu. Do you see it? Like, when you see Jesus, you say Jesus. No. If it's a Zulu song, you can say Jesus. But if it's an English song, you can't say Jesus. You say Jesus. And you are not used to saying Jesus. You always say Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, which is Jesus' younger brother. Jesus. So when we put you on the stage, before you, we can even let you sing, we have to call all this Jesus and all these things and, and teach you how to sing in English, Cindy. Say the words in English. Sometimes I have people singing. They are halfway through the song. Before I realize that they are actually singing an English song. All along, I thought they were singing a Zulu song. So I'm listening in Zulu. I still don't understand. Do you get it? One day, I asked somebody to sing. And the person was singing a song. The song goes like this. You brighten the corner where you are. You brighten the corner where you are. You brighten the corner where you are. Please. 
Bright, bright, no, be bright in the corner. So when the person got to, let's welcome Miss Singer of South Africa. Yeah. Then she came onto the stage. New Brighton say corner where you are. New Brighton say corner where you are. New Brighton say corner where you are. New Brighton, Sekona. And the song, it looked like a lot of people knew the song. So when she got to the chorus, then everybody started to help her. So, so where you are, where you are, where you are, so where you are, where you are, where you, where you are, where you are, where you are, where you are, where you are. Look, for about four weeks, she was singing this song. I was sitting down trying to understand what she was saying because I was listening in closer. And, I, and there was a place around me called New Brighton. So I put it together. I said, oh, okay, the song is about this New Brighton place. Maybe this New Brighton place is a place in heaven that has been named on earth. So I don't know it. So later, 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 my wife told me, no, 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 no. So I was singing it at home. One of the ways I try to know the song is when you are not there, then I try to sing it till I get it before I come and sing it in church. So when I got to, I was singing, New Brighton, second. So I thought she was saying that New Brighton is, no, that, no. My wife told me that it's an English song. So I said, okay. So I calculated it. I said, okay. Then maybe what she's saying is that New Brighton is a corner where... We are, and rightly so, where the church was, New Brighton was a corner around us. I said, oh, this song is very powerful. I tell you, it's a territorial song. Later, I realized that she was actually speaking English, and she was trying to say, be bright in the corner where you are. Be bright in the corner. Where you are, be bright in the corner. Where you are, be bright in the corner. Where you are, 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 where you are. So when I ask you to come and sing, you will come and tell me that new bright say corner. Where you are. So before you criticize the one who's singing, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Take your time. Take your time. If we give you the mandate, you will be surprised that you can't do it. Hallelujah. So say good things about the church. Because anything you say bad things about, your heart draws away from the thing. So if you want to be devoted and like the thing, learn to say good. If you want to like your parents, say good things about them. Say good things about them. Demonic children don't like their parents. Children who argue with their parents are demon-possessed. Oh, yeah. You will not want me to say that, but that's the truth. Yeah. If you are filled with the Spirit of God, you will like your father. You will like your mother. Jesus said in John 4, John, 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 John 8, I think 44, he said that 
I have not a devil because I honor my father. He said, I don't have a demon. I'm not demon possessed. Why? I honor my father. Yeah. No, find it somewhere, 44, 48, between 40 and there. You find. He said, I do not have a devil. I'm not demon possessed because I honor my father. Anybody who doesn't like their parents has a demon. Maybe you just don't know that it's a demon. You think it's just because your mother is, is, is old, that's why. Or because your father is strong, that's... No, 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 it's a demon. If you have the spirit of God, you will like your parents. Yeah, you like your parents. If you say good things about your children, your heart will be tied to them. What, 39? 49, please put it up. John 4, 49, John 8, 49. He said, Jesus answered him, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and he does honor me. Yeah, yeah. When we say some of these things in the church, it's like, wow, the pastor is very rude. I'm reading the Bible. Number three. Did I give you number three? Number three, third point. Say good things about your pastor. Say good things about your pastor. Whether we like it or not, the pastor is an embodiment of the church. And it's like a representation of the church. Whether we like it or not. Do you get it? So, once your heart starts moving away from the, your, the pastor, your heart will start moving away from the church. And one of the quickest ways to make your heart move away from the pastor is to entertain bad things being said about the pastor. Either hearing it or say, saying it. Bible says, faith cometh by hearing. So what you hear builds faith in you. Builds a belief in you. Amen. And I'm not saying this because I'm the pastor. Not because I'm the pastor. Oh, it's, uh, it won't just to like him. No, if, if I was, wasn't the pastor, that's what I would have said. Say good things about the pastor. David said, oh, let me even start from here. Why? Because it is God who gives you a pastor. It's God who gives you a pastor. And Bible says, everything the Lord, good and perfect gives, every good and perfect, it cometh from above. It comes from God. So when God gives you a gift, it's a good gift. God would not give you a demon as a pastor. I mean, God is not into demons. Can you imagine? God is trying to appoint a pastor and he appoints a demon. A demon-possessed pastor or an evil pastor. No. I mean, that means God doesn't love you. But when the Bible has said, for God so loved you so much, he gave his only son for you. John 3.16. John Romans 8 says, he that spared not his own son, but gave him up as a ransom, how much will he not, in addition to his son, give you all things? So when God is giving you a gift, he gives you a good gift. And Jeremiah 3, which is a scripture we want to read, but it says, I will give you pastors after my own heart. I will choose choice pastors for you. So when God has chosen a pastor for you, how can it be bad? How can he be bad? Amen. Amen. You can't vilify your pastor and still say you like him.
Hey, Pastor, what does it mean to vilify? It means to vilify. Oh, yeah. You can't make, let's start from 14. You can't make your pastor into a bad person and still like him. And still like the church. Oh, no. It doesn't work like that. You can't be going out. You say, oh, you see that guy, the way he's tall, very bad. Skelem, very skelem pastor. Very this, oh, he doesn't respect anybody. He talks anyhow. Well, by the time you finish with that exercise, whether true or false, your heart will draw away from him. It's as simple as that. 14 says, 10, oh, backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of the cities, and two of a family, one of a city, and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Do you understand this scripture? 14 still. It says, 10, make a U10, repent, you backsliding people, and I will take one from the city, Two from a family. And I'll bring you to the church. I'll bring you to Zion. Which is the church. I'll bring you from the families. From the cities. From the townships. From the areas. From the alleys. From the streets. And I will bring you to the church. So it's God who has brought you to the church. If you like all of you think about it. Between your house and this church. There are many churches before you get here. But you never went to any of them. Very few people between your house and this church, there's no church. Very few. It's just those of you who live around us. But beyond that, everybody from your way to this church, there are many churches on the way, but you pass by all of them. And you arrive here. Deliverance churches, oil churches, evangelistic churches, preaching churches, prophetic churches, healing churches, different kinds of churches, then you came to this church. Churches with a star, churches with a moon, churches with a, a sun, all of them, you pass by all of them, internet churches, Facebook churches, YouTube churches, you pass by all of them, then you arrived here. It's God who has led you to come to, if you just wanted to go to church, you just go to the nearest church by you. But God chose a church for you and he brought you into it. That's Zion. Then what happens next? He says, when I, you, you see those two dots over there, it's column. It's telling you, when I bring you, this is what I am going to do. Next verse 15. And I will, after I've brought you to church, I will give you pastors according to my heart. I'll give you So bringing you to church is not enough. I have to also, for you to achieve what I want you to achieve, I have to give you pastors after my own heart. Pastors that I have chosen. Not pastors that have been forced on. Pastors that I have chosen. I have to give to you. And when I give them to you, they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. As you have come today, am I not telling you things that you did not know before? Until today? Am I not explaining? Even like verse 14. You have not read it before for you to even know it. But I've read it to you and I've explained it to you that God says, I'm going to choose you from your homes, from your cities, from your families, and I'm going to bring you to Zion. And when I bring you to Zion, I'll give you a pastor. And after I've given you the pastor, the pastor will give you knowledge and understanding. 
The next verse tells us that when he gives you knowledge and understanding, you will multiply. You will increase. And it shall come to pass. When ye be multiplied, increase in the land. So when he gives, when you receive the knowledge and understanding that is coming from the past having to you, it will lead to multiplication and increase of you in the land. In the land. It will bring multiplication. And increase. Now, somebody who's an agent of God who's supposed to bring your multiplication and your increase, why would you be saying bad things about him? Why? Who does it affect? Now, I mean, let's be serious. Who does it affect? You. Because it blocks your reception of the knowledge and understanding, which will lead to your multiplication and your increase. Because guess how many bad things have been said about me since I became a pastor. Now, I've been a pastor for almost 20 years. I'm still pastoring. It's not like because they said something bad about me, my pastoral abilities have disappeared. It doesn't, if, if it's on a rich tax scale, it doesn't reduce. It's still where it is. Even if anything at all, it's becoming stronger. Stronger by the grace of God. Because some of the things they say about me make me more humble. It makes me realize that, hey, I'm just a human being. So I'm nobody. Then I humble myself. But the good thing about becoming humble is that as soon as you go down, God lifts you up. As you go down, God lifts you up. That's it. Some of the wicked things people have said about me, sometimes it breaks my heart so much when I I pray, I say, God, what all have I done? Then the Holy Spirit will remind remind me that, oh, you are just a human. Jesus Christ, he said he's the devil. You, nobody has said you are a devil. They say you have a devil. But Jesus, they say he is the devil. So you have not even read Jesus Christ yet. So just take it like that and just be there. But through that, I will lift you up. Yeah. Anything you say bad things about, your heart moves away from it. Your heart moves away from it. Unfortunately, today's world has made us such that we, we are filled with pomp and pride. Which is also a demonic spirit. That we say things about secret things. Pastors, the church, things of God. Today's social media world. Because you all, we've always had these people who say things about pastors. It's not a new thing. It's not like a new demon. It's not like a new variant. What's the new name of the new variant? Omicron. It's not a new variant of coronavirus that has come. It's always been there. Do you see people say, but social media has found a way of magnifying it for more people to hear about it. More people to, like for these type of people to have a voice, a platform. I mean, yesterday, listening to our program on COVID and what to do. And they were telling us, all these people who are spreading stories about the virus, are just three people in the whole world. For about 47% of the misinformation on the virus comes from just three people in the world. Three. Can you imagine? Only three people. They are using their platform to make up. They say if take the, there's a metal a chip in the virus, if it goes inside you, then the chip can come in you. Then see, there's a, there's a magnet. Since we took the vaccine, I'm yet to pass by um, taxi drivers for their coins that they have collected to come in. I mean, it would it not be a good thing if now I'm a magnetic field. I just go and start stand at FMB. Then all the coins at FMB will just come and hold on to me. Then I go home. Then I go and remove them and use them. But it has not happened. 
said there's a chip in the virus. When you take it, there's something. Listen, there are so many things we take all the time. If they want to put a chip in us, they don't need to introduce a disease. And then for the cure of the disease, put a, we are, you're already eating pap. Are you not eating pap? Why don't they put it in the pap? I mean, let's be serious. Don't tell anybody. Imagine that they put a chip in pap just this year. How many of you would have had the chip by now? You see, goats won't lift their hands. So, how many of you have? Okay, let me ask it in another way. How many of you have eaten pap this year? This year, 2021. Cindy, you've not eaten this year. Yeah, so only you would have escaped. So, they'll make another one for those who eat vegetables. Vegetable. How many of you have? And pap is stiff pap. Papa, porridge, all those things. Putu. They are all the maize. Anything they use maize meal for. How many of you vegetables? Okay, okay. You let's come to an easier. Um, um, Sasco bread. Coca-Cola. Please, you know something? When I mention you are in the group, you lift your hand. Just keep it up, okay? Just for a second, okay? Let's start with maize meal, pap, pap related. Okay, please keep your hand. Don't put it down. Um, vegetables. If you are in vegetables, lift your hand, please. Uh, Coca-Cola. We have already covered the whole church. Do you, do you get, put your hand down. It's okay, you're already tired. Remember, Jesus laid on the cross for you from 3 p.m. till midnight. But what I'm saying is that, do you see that already they have gotten all of us? Yeah. So they don't need Makwenyayo! They don't need all these things. If they wanted to give, if they, do you know that they give children vaccines? Polio, every child. So if they had started maybe 10 years ago, by now they would have cleared billions of children who have their chip. But it's, all this is coming from only three people who are pushing it. So today's world has become like that. That one or two people have gotten a platform to be able to talk about pastors, men of God, everything, anyhow. So unfortunately, today's church has also picked it because we see those people and maybe they are flourishing. They seem to be doing well. Do you see? So if we, that fear of, look, let me not talk about things that are high above me. It has gradually weaned off. So today's church members can sit down and criticize the pastor. Can meet at home and criticize. Even now, people group in who they criticize. Yeah. Birds of the same feathers confuse the owners. No, they flock together. Yeah. So it's like that's how the world has become. So church has also become like that. And I'm saying that if you join these things, the effect is that. The effect is not on your pastor. The effect is that your heart, careful, your heart will grow cold to the person that God has given to you to bring knowledge and understanding into your life to lead to your multiplication and your increase. You affect yourself. So basically, it's like you are shooting yourself in the foot. That's why I always have advice. If you are in a church, you don't believe in the pastor anymore. The best thing is to say, oh, you know something? It's like the, it's not working. So I love you. God bless you. You have been a good man or a good woman. 
and then you go to where you believe in the pastor so that you can be blessed. Yeah. Sometimes even I advise people that when you are not sure, just pull away, start sitting at the back gradually. You are at home, you don't come to church, but you don't make a pronounced statement. Because you can go and then you read, like I told you at the beginning of the service, you say, oh, this pastor is always offending me, but he's offending you with a smile. You go and meet the next pastor, he offends you with arrogance. Then you say, hey, like the prodigal son, you say, hey, no, my original house was better. I'm going back. Because you didn't make noise on your way out, when you come back, it's almost like, oh, we've not seen you in a long time. Hey, oh, good to see you. Then you just come and sit down. Then you just smile a little. You brace yourself through the first three weeks of the uncomfortable. Because I'm sure when the prodigal son came back home, the people were uncomfortable. That's why the brother asked that, what, what is this nonsense? This guy who has gone to waste his life outside and food around, you're having a party for him. How can, that's why the brother complained. Do you see? So you just brace yourself through the first three weeks of when people see you, they don't know how to react. And it's not their fault. The, the last time they saw you, what you were saying about the church, what you were saying about the pastor was unbelievable. So now that you are here smiling, they don't, should we come? Should we not come? They are not sure. So they have to watch a while. One week, two weeks to know whether it's real before they can freely flow. Before they can flow. Do you get it? You just brace yourself through it. Then when you survive that phase, you just come and we are all flowing. But when you make a lot of noise, you break the windows, break the door, break. When you are coming, you have to fix the door. Fix the window you have broken. All those. If somebody has fixed it for you, you have to come and pay for it. Yeah, or when you come immediately, the usher said, no, don't sit by the window. Sit in the air. Then, because we are afraid that if you go near the window, you will break it. Do you see? You will break it. So it's like, sit in the air. They say, oh, me, I used to sit by the window. So I want to sit. They say, no, 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 please. Sit in the air. Because the last time you were sitting by the window, broke it. Then you will be bored. Anything you, if you talk bad about your wife, your heart will move away from your wife. If you talk bad about your this my husband, I'm a very bad guy. I don't even know why I married him. I married him in the night. So I wasn't sure he was that guy. Your heart will move away from him. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. No matter how bad my church members become, I try not to say anything bad about them personally. I talk about the situation, address the situation, but to say, Pastor Priest, no. Skelem, no. Because as soon as I do that, continuously, my heart will start pulling away. So even when they repent, I can't relate with them. Psalm 45. Let me tell you this. I said it last week. First service preaching to you is very nice. Yeah. I'll let it be on record. Psalm 45. The Bible says, David is speaking, verse 1. He says, My heart is indicting a good matter concerning the king. He says, My heart is indicting a good matter, and I speak of the things which I have made. Touching the king, my tongue is as a pen of a ready writer. He says, my heart is entertaining. Indicting means entertaining, thinking, 
My heart is entertaining good thoughts concerning the king. Concerning the king. About the king. Let your heart entertain good thoughts about your pastor. Yeah. Let it entertain good thoughts. Yesterday I was here having a service for the, the younger, um, the, the, the white church. And this morning, one of their pastors sent me a testimony of one person. Yeah, I came, I, I, I mean, I don't know even, I preached to them, then I taught them a scripture. Pastor Liz, teach them scriptures. They stay with them better than a lot of your revelations. Scriptures, the Bible cannot be built. So I taught them a verse. I can't verse, but I taught them. The pastor told me I was bringing them. They were, the, one of them sick. Wasn't feeling well. But I had to force for the person to come. When we were going, the person was like super excited. Had forgotten about the sickness, everything. And, and reciting the verse that you taught them. Yeah, reciting, saying the scripture. And when we went, Bishop taught us this. He taught us this scripture. Like, it's a good thing to hear. It's a good thing. He said, my heart is thinking about a good thing. About the king. Never have a bad thought about your pastor. It's an evil spirit. Hallelujah. Not that your pastor doesn't do wrong things. I mean, if, you're, if I am your pastor, I mean, guess what? Think about it. I mean, let's be serious. Me, as your pastor. By all means, there'll be something not right. I mean, look at me. Even look at my colors. Brown, black, I don't even know what color this one is. Plus a wine. They look at my colors. You can't easily say he doesn't know how to combine colors. You should have done like Pastor Speedway, black and white, and then you look solid once and for all. That's it. But here is it look beige, maroon, some cross, some gold, some brown shoes, some black. I mean, you don't even know where he's going. He's like a robot. Is he a black man or an Indian? If it's a black man, is he a Zulu, Tosa, or this? I mean, hallelujah. You by all means have something bad. Luyolo. Vuyo. I'll get it all. When I say Luvuyo, you say it's Luyolo. When I say Luyolo, you say it's Luvuyo. We'll, we'll get it. Don't worry. But at least I remember you. Yeah, Lou, there's a Lou that starts. It's just to know which one follows. Do you know that if I were to call you two to come and stand there for us to cross-examine you, the things we will see, oh, you will not be happy. It's because I'm standing here. I'm in the spotlight. All eyes on me. I'm in the spotlight. That's why you can see that my arm is longer than the shirt. My chest is broader than my back. My back is shorter than my front. My, that's why you can see it. If we bring you here, he comes to church, he uses words that we don't understand. What is vilified? No problem. If I bring you, you will find out that you don't even have the words to use. So you'll be using words that don't exist. At least my words you can go and check at home in the dictionary. You can Google them. When you, you come and you use your words, when we type it into Google, Google will ask her, do you mean Nzamo see me after the service, please. Yeah.
just look at what John the Baptist said about Jesus. I think I close with this one. John chapter 1, 35 says, And the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him and they followed Jesus. Bible says when Jesus, saw, when John saw Jesus, John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he was walking with two of his members. When he saw Jesus, he said, "Behold, the Lamb." Which means, look at the Lamb of God. And the Bible said, when he said the way he spoke about Jesus, his disciples said, "Hey, we are going to follow this Jesus guy because the way you speak about him, I want to know him." The question I want to ask you today is that: Do you speak in a way that makes people who don't come to church want to come to church to listen to your pastor? Do you? Or the way you speak about your pastor makes even people who are already in the church want to not be in the church. Do you? You see, the woman in John chapter 4, the the prostitute, the woman who had married five times and everything. After she spoke up, she spoke to Jesus. She went to the the, the John 4, I think 28. She said to them, all the men, she gathered all the people, she said, Come see a man. Come, This type of man you have not seen some before. Come see a man who told me all the things that I have ever done. Could this, is this not the Christ? Is this not the Jesus Christ we have been with? Is this not the Messiah we have been waiting for? And the Bible says all the men followed her to come and meet Jesus. To come and see Jesus. Do you talk about your pastor in such a way that people want to come and see what God is doing? Or after you've talked to people who are in love with God, in love with the church, in love with the pastor, they begin to become cold. Church is very quiet. Yeah, they become very cold. It's a question. I think you can go home and think about this question. But Jesus said, let me read this scripture to you. Jesus said, until you shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, you will not see the glory of God. Luke 13, 35. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I pray that your testimony about your pastor will be, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Stand to your feet. Let's bring this service to a close. On this rather solemn note, I want you to pray for yourself today. Jesus said, your house shall be left desolate. If there's no change in your heart to look at your pastor and say, this is a blessing that has come in the heat that has come in the name of the Lord is a blessing. It's a blessing. Pray and say, Lord, have mercy on us. Change our hearts. 
engage our tongues. Let our hearts think of good things concerning the gift you have given us. The gift you have given us. The gift you have given us. Lift your voice wherever you are. Just pray for a second of this service. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Help us. Let our hearts indict good things. Let our hearts entertain good things. Good things, Lord. Concerning the vessel you have given to us. Concerning the prophet you have given to us as a church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today's word. Mighty Holy Spirit, master it into our hearts. That it will come straight from our hearts. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. You are here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You are not born again, which means if you are to die today, you will go to hell. But God doesn't want you to go to hell. I want to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior so that when you die, you will not go to hell. You are here, maybe somebody invited you to church, maybe you came by yourself but you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to come into my heart and I want to go to heaven when I die. If you are here like that, every eye closed, every head bowed, I want you to lift up your hand, I'll pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. Pray with me, Pastor. Lift up your right hand, I'll pray with you. I'll pray. You want to go to heaven when you die. Lift up your right hand. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. Pray with me. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. You are here like that. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Dying to save Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Put your hands together and you may be seated. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083 773 1605. God richly bless you.